What a beautiful face I have found in this place that is circling all around the sun. Hey everyone, welcome back to Music Mondays. We are here with episode 11 and our good friend. Hey. Hi. Hello. I'm not going to cry this time. Don't cry. Uh, I'm very happy to be here. Thanks I know that me. you're on, it's, it's a lot to be on the most renowned podcast probably in the world. Right. That's a lot to take. We right. have like a whole like 47 viewers. So. I don't yeah. think there are any other podcasts. I think you all this are the only, the only podcast. We, we invented, we did <laughs> yes, invent like, podcasting. How did you think of the name podcast? Um, so um, Steve Jobs came to me in my dreams. Okay. And he was like, hey, we have this thing called the iPod. Let's have people just talk and only put oh. it on Apple devices and call them podcasts. Wow. Yeah. And you know, Nick Cage was there. He didn't do anything. He was just there. In her yeah. dream. I was in her dream and I remember. But but Steve Jobs had Nick Cage's face and yeah. Nick Cage had Steve Jobs' face. Right? So this week we're doing <laughs> an album, a lovely album that, is, that changed Chris's life. It sure did. He chose it. He did change it. I sure it. did. You want to talk about it? Yeah. Do you want me to talk about it? Absolutely. Yeah, okay, so um, in the aeroplane over the sea, I know they called in the residential white bearded craft beer loving college kid to talk about that this album but it's uh, by Neutral Milk Hotel uh, 1998 thank you it was you. from the 1700s I was one it sounds like it is sometimes yeah I was yeah. one as well I didn't hear this album until 2014 ish I think 2013 2014 um, my friend Carter Parker who uh, I played music with a whole lot in high school and beyond uh, introduced me to it and he loved it he, it was like his lifeblood for a long time, and so when he introduced it to me, I kind of like grew into it, and now I am where I am today because of this album. Oh, wow. Thanks, Carter. Thanks, Part you. Carter. Thanks, Carter. <laughs> we don't know you, but Chris does, and that's all that matters. He's pretty yeah. cool. Probably doesn't like Chris. Um, I think for an album that came out in 1998, it's aged well. Oh, yeah. It has aged well. I, okay. First of all, this is... I mean, this is the nicest way. This was not as weird as I was expecting yeah. to come from Chris. I was weirdly entranced by this album. Like, it's the only thing that I want to listen to right now because it, like, cast a spell on me. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's bewitched, but in a good way. Like, it's not, like, a bad thing. It's just, like, it's really good. I really liked it a lot. I like the bagpipes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The other day at work, I told you all the story the other day, mm -hmm. but I'll tell the audience as well. The other day at work, I had put this album on in the morning while we were opening, doing all of our morning stuff, and then I had to leave the office, and I came back, and my coworker was like, hey, uh, I had to pause your music because there were bagpipes playing. Um, don't know what you had going there, but we uh, we turned it off. Totally was like, normal, totally casual bagpipes. Cowards. Yeah. Except the bagpipes. Love the bagpipes. When I was little, a man would walk around my town and play the bagpipes. And he'd just like go down my street and my mom and I would always be like, Darn you bagpipes. That was me. That was me. He wore a kilt and everything. Yeah, that was me. That's very good. That's very good. <laughs> That's like, like a thing that happens in my hometown. All we have around here are like unicyclists who don't understand the rules of the road. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's what he does. Oh, he does that? See, I'm always, <laughs> I'm like white knuckling my steering wheel, making sure that I don't, one, accidentally hit him, or two, on purpose, swerve and hit him. Yeah. So I used to um, pass it when I lived down the hill. I would walk up the hill, and he would unicycle down, and he would hook off of the sidewalk, he and would then hook back on. Is know? that what he did? Dude, he might not. Uh, All right, we'll see you next week. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised he hasn't learned how to do the floss dance on the unicycle. Dude, I think that would be good. Anyways, this album. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, you want to talk about what it's about? <clears throat> yeah, okay. There's a lot of things this album seems to be about. Um, namely, Anne Frank. Like, which, which, okay. I didn't get that when I first listened to it, and then you were like, it's about Anne Frank, and now that's the only thing I can right. get from it. And I'm just like... Yeah. yeah. There's an, a lyric that, if it wasn't clear before... Uh, yeah, I've got it on a note here. And she was born in a bottle rocket, 1929, with wings that ringed around a socket right between her spine, all drenched in milk and holy water pouring from the sky. I know that she will live forever. She won't ever die. Um, huh. Yeah. Also, you, why did you put no spaces between your sentences? <laughs> um, oh, I, I just copy and pasted it on my phone, oh, and I think it okay. just kind of... All right. It's surrealism, funny. like the album. Right. You know. Okay. Um, don't, no, I think that the whole concept of the album, apparently, I was reading the Wikipedia page for this album earlier today, he had Jeff Magnum, the, basically the core of Neutral Myth Hotel, the, the, the band pretty much was just whoever was around when he was in a city that he was in, like he would, in the 90s, he was just like, late 80s, early 90s, he was just kind of like, going around the United States of America, just staying in random places, and he would sit around and write music, and so there was there is no band of Neutral Myth Hotel other than Jeff Magnum. This album has a band, and then another album has a band, and that kind of stuff. But um, he said he had urgent and recurring dreams about a family suffering in World War II, and that's where most of the inspiration for this album came, and I just... For this, this isn't like a, this, this is a popular album among people who, among hipsters, like, I mean, like myself, I'm not trying to be like hipsters or weird or anything like that, mm -hmm. but this album is definitely the cult classic album, but outside of that, there's not m many people who like it. Like, I think by 2013, it had sold 339,000 copies, which doesn't account for streaming or anything, but that's a, that's a pretty small number yeah. in terms of like an album that is super important to me and, and now I see it wherever I go and it's kind of become a meme. It's like the it's like the pitchfork meme of like, this is the kind of music that pitchfork reviewers like and like okay, but I really like it too. Am I Maybe you should work for pitchfork. Maybe I should work for pitchfork. And we can can complain about you. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you can write you can write really shitty reviews. Mm -hmm. Look, I'm sorry, I just don't think Willow Smith is very mature. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have no, I have I no like, opinion. Like, <laughs> I have no opinion on that whatsoever. Um, but I mean, when you compare something like Willow Smith's album to something like this, there's, I mean, there's, there's no reason to compare those things because they're completely different mm -hmm. things. But of course, this is going to speak to more academically interested people than something like a Willow Smith album is. And there, there's obviously space for both of those things in the realm of music, but like. This, it was never intended to be a critical darling, and that's why it's a critical darling. 
Does that make sense? I don't know. I'm saying a lot of words. I'm no, probably okay. not saying no, a lot. No, I mean, this album definitely isn't, it wasn't made to, like, be really popular. Yeah. It, it wasn't, wasn't made for radio. It wasn't made for radio, and it, w it was made for, and I'm, like, yeah, not saying that, like, people that don't have as much of an appreciation for music can't appreciate it, but it's just, like, you gotta be, because, I mean, I know some people that aren't willing to, like, kind of expand what they listen to. You have to be willing to expand what you listen to in order yeah. to, like, listen to and enjoy this album, I think. But, I mean, like, I think, I do know a lot of people that do do that. <laughs> you said do do. I know, I said do <laughs> and I giggled when I said it. No offense to anybody who, you know, really likes mainstream music. You can, like, it's fine. I mean, I spent a good year and a half obsessed with Taylor Swift's 1989. Yeah, you can so listen to like mainstream music and also, like, want to. Do what? Until it got stolen. No, I have, I still have 1989. Oh, you know what I, I really, no. you know what I really hate? Nah. I despise Taylor Swift. I'm, I absolutely despise. I'm I've, sorry. I know Luke's gonna be so mad at me. Luke Evan always tells me that I'm his second favorite Taylor. Damn. What the? Damn. That was loud. <laughs> I have to bleep that out because I made a loud noise. What? Yeah, Evan. The hill. Same. Same, bro. They're really mad about that as well. <laughs> you know what? I put that sign up there when you put up there the time. I put that sign up there every day. There's two signs. Two signs. Quite and they don't read the, the sign. Rumor. And then you ask them, hey, read the sign. And then they're like, sorry. And then they continue to yell. Anyway, <laughs> irrelevant. Let's continue on. Um, I felt like I talked a lot of race, but I wanted to hear you. Want to talk about favorites? I have to say, yeah. So my favorite was the song in the airplane over the sea. Same. Um. Thanks. <laughs> uh, I liked. I really. I liked the first um, King of Carrot Flowers. I didn't really like part. I mean, part two was like. Just. A he was like, I love you, and I was just like, but what? It was like I liked it. Yeah, I mean, it was fine, but like I. Preferred the first part. Um. I listen to that album in the car a lot, and I just start screaming how uh, much yep. I love Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, can, I can picture that very while playing the drums on your lizard. Yes. <laughs> yes. God, yep. that sentence made no sense to anybody. That's a euphemism. Anyway, <laughs> so that's my favorite song. We can, oh, we'll get into more of like the actual just like likes. Mm -hmm. I don't have anything written, but I do have things to say. Well, I like that song. I think that song's my favorite because I used to listen to music that sounds like this music, mm -hmm. not necessarily lyrically, but the genre itself yeah. is what I used to listen to in like early high school. Mm -hmm. So, Kind of like of Montreal and stuff like that, or? I don't even know. Okay, sorry. I'm just trying to make the connection in my head. Just like, stuff that sounds like this. Just kind of like <laughs> out there, wild. Kind I'm just like, more folky alternative Oh, okay, music. I understand. Mumford I, and Sons. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I agree. Like, this album, I had never heard it until you, you know, was like, hey, listen to this. It was oddly nostalgic for me. Yeah. Same. And I had never heard it before, so it's not like I, like, have a deep connection to this album, but it, like, yeah, it has that sound where it, like, took me back to, like, things that I used to listen to. And, like, my family is Irish, and my heritage is mm. Irish, so I had, you know... I love, I like the sound of bagpipes. I think it's nice. Um, so that was, it was just like, it was just like weirdly nostalgic for me Aww. in some way that I can't describe. Yeah. Spooky. <laughs> I don't know why it's spooky. Okay. 
Okay, Chris, your favorite. Okay, my Four. favorite's um, Holland 1945. It's like the most punky of it. Mm -hmm. it, it almost kind of sounds like Dropkick Murphys of like, I'm shipping up to Boston, but not, not, as, not yeah. like that. Um, O'Cumley, which is just eight minutes of just dripping emotion, like just yeah. talking about sex and Anne Frank and not necessarily at the same time. Um, not necessarily or not, nece at all? not necessarily. There's this line about milk and honey from the sky that kind of sounds like birth. I don't really know. But, um, and then Two Headed Boy Part 2, which. Two Headed Yeah. The, the moment in that song. <laughs> My whole vocal cord just broke. Continue. There's a moment in that song early on where you hear. Because it's called Two Headed Boy Part 2, so if you are looking at the track names, you know that. This is going to have some sort of correlation to two and part one. There's a note that you hear that at the end of a phrase that sounds like the beginning of the phrase from two-headed boy part one, and it doesn't immediately go into the where he repeats the refrain from two-headed boy part one, but it foreshadows that. And it's a really simple thing that I didn't hear until this like five billionth time that I've listened to the album, but I was like, oh. They're, they're, they're dropping little breadcrumbs. <laughs> breadcrumbs. <laughs> dropping little breadcrumbs for you to uh, find the foreshadowing. And then also, the end of that song. Um, this was the last album that, they ever, that he ever really released. He, he was touring for this album, and he had like a nervous breakdown and decided to just not record any music, at least as Neutral Milk Hotel anymore. I don't know about anything else. And then there's some weird album that he recorded that got released as part of um, a box set for this album that I don't I don't know what exactly I was talking about, but, but the end of Two Headed Boy Part Two. If you're listening really closely, you hear him stand up from the stool he was playing his guitar and singing on, and he sets the guitar down and he walks out of the room, and that's the last recording that was ever released from Neutral Milk Hotel. And when I heard when I heard that and realized what that was, that super hit me hard of like. That was it. He poured every single thing out of his body and his brain and his weird encyclopedic knowledge of Anne Frank and made this distilled, powerful, surreal thing that obviously to somebody like me just really jumps out to. But yeah, I don't know. That's why I really like to the boy part too. Anyways. So it looks like Thanks. while you're talking, I looked up, he did a live at Jittery Joe's yes. in 2001. But other than that, that looks like it was the last thing that he has done. And one of my greatest regrets in life is that he did a series of shows in 2013. Um, actually, so I guess I did hear this in 2012 or 2013, I can't remember. But um, he did a series of shows in 2013 across the country, and he came to Louisville, where I'm from, and I didn't get to go, or I didn't go, or whatever. Um, but that was the last time he played that music live. As far as I know, um, yeah. He he's Amish? not. He's not dead. But yeah, is he Amish? Yeah. Yeah. One of you guys has a super Amishy beard. I think they just like looking goofy. Okay. Hmm? I don't know why. I always wondered that. I'm from Amish country, so I always wondered why they shave the front of their face. That's super off topic. <laughs> um, I like. Some things and didn't like others. So there's that. Very nuanced. <laughs> Unpack. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Kayla Unpacks 
things that she likes and doesn't. And the other day, Evan said to me, you need to stop saying that everything's good. Because that's <laughs> the only word you use to describe things. And I said, yes, I know. <laughs> Taylor, you're like, Taylor, like, what's your favorite thing about, you know, anything? And she's just like, it's fine. It's like, it's good. Yeah, it's grand. It's great. Um, it's very nice. I just think that some of the songs made my ears happier than others. No, that's like, okay, that's like a legit thing, though. There are some songs that I like that I'm like, this just sounds, good. I like the way yeah. that it sounds, and it makes my ears feel good. Mm -hmm. And then there's some songs, I'm not saying like on this album, I'm just saying in life in general, that it's just like, this does not sit right with my eardrums. Mm. Right, like that one, the one that you don't like off of Leon's album. You just did Yeah, like it just, it, it just rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. But like, not. I don't want to skip way ahead to stuff I don't like. But the only thing that I didn't like, the only song that I sincerely did not like was "Oh mm -hmm. because it just like the repetitiveness of mm -hmm. the melody. It was not only a really long song, but also incredibly repetitive the whole time, and I just didn't like that. So, yeah. In the airplane over the sea, the song has twenty-seven over twenty-seven million plays, wow. almost twenty-eight million plays. But they only have how many followers? Is what, what is it? They have, they only have five hundred and seventy-eight thousand monthly listeners. Yeah. And two hundred sixty-one point nine thousand followers. Most listeners are in Chicago and Los Angeles, so that lines up. New York, yeah. London, Brooklyn. Yeah. I, I bet if you scroll down just a little bit, you'd find like Charlestown, Indiana, just because I've listened to this album so many times <laughs> on, on Chris Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> it's my home address. Um, no, send I send you special mail. It's on oh, the God, alternative '90s Spotify curated playlist. Oh no! Also on NPR's Rose Rose Wave Wine and Wine playlist. Oh God! Wine as in the drink, and then also wine as in complaining, like you just did. I love NPR. I almost wore my NPR shirt today, but I decided to wear a music influenced shirt with Dizzy Gillespie on it. Anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah that's the music right there. There's a golden yeah. record floating in space. There you go. The white stripes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, the white stripes are terrible. I, yeah, I don't love them. So bad. I mean, I like Seven Nation Army because I've listened to that song <laughs> a jillion times, but whatever. My dad was like, I like the song that goes... <laughs> <laughs> icky, icky thump? He's like, yeah, icky thump. Same. <laughs> All right, Dad. No, I think this album is one of those rare albums that really benefits from having both a like a pathological appeal of like just, this is just how it makes me feel, mm -hmm. but it also benefits a lot from from analyzing it. And I say academic, but I don't really mean like in school. I just mean from a from like a breaking down what each thing means. Like a like a more of a theory, like musical theory. Perspective. Right. Well, not even not even musical theory because there's not a lot of wild musical stuff going on. Yeah, the instrument right. the instrumentation is wild for sure, bagpipes and, and, and you've got some random I like the random sounds that would just like happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like space noises. Yes. And well, the, you know, I mean the I guess it. Yeah, space. It's all full circle. We did it. We did it. We, we got did. there. Um Um Yeah. But anyways <laughs> I what you're saying. I think because when I listened to it the first time I was just like struck by what it was, even though I didn't understand, I had no inkling of an idea that it was somehow involved Anne Frank and all kinds of stuff. 
And yeah. as you listen to it over and over again, as you feel that emotion in a less powerful way and more in a, of a I'm trying to understand where this is coming from and you start reading the lyrics and understanding what everything is saying it doesn't lose the emotional appeal but the emotional appeal works in a different way if that makes sense um, I feel like I'm again saying a lot of words and not really saying anything but you're allowed, I mean this is you mean you watch a podcast we just ramble on well nothing but you're we're actually talking about something. Yeah, you actually so know like, what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, we're I don't about, know. We're like, yeah, like it's good. It's pretty good. It's great. It's what we like. It's what we know. Good. So, thank you. That's like, that's what we do, pretty much. But I don't know. I, I had this thought. Last week, you made the joke. Not really a joke, but you are like, everything Chris likes is, like, all over the place. Mm -hmm. And while I agree with that, I think I like a lot of things for the same reasons. And I think this is going to sound really, this is a big far reach. I like this album for a lot of the same reasons I like um, John Coltrane, like crazy modal jazz and like all over the place going everywhere, even though this doesn't really sound at all like it. A Love Supreme specifically by John Coltrane is, there's no lyrics, well there, there are lyrics, there's the trio or the, the whatever, the, the musicians saying A Love Supreme over and over and over again in one song. But, even though there's no real lyrics in that, they're telling a story with the music in a way that is not entirely clear the first time you listen to it. And there's lots of information about that album that I can get into, but this is not the place to do that right now. Mm -hmm. And Nishin Book Hotel in the Airplane Over the Sea does something similar in that you listen to it all the way through and you feel things and you're like, okay, this makes sense. And then everything starts to become clear of everything, every single word on this album is intentionally, is, is so specifically chosen to construe a narrative that Jeff Magnum had in his head. And that's wild. And like, you could probably say that about most music, but I don't think you could say that most music is as successful as this one is in portraying such a specific narrative mm -hmm. that isn't yeah. obvious from the start. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean like you wouldn't, when you first listen to this album, you would you'd be like, oh, this is a you know, I I was just like, oh yeah, this is like about sex and stuff and like whatever, and then you're like, no, it's about Anne Frank, and I was like, Ooh. <laughs> and also sex, and also yeah. sex, not not at the same time, presumably, <sighs> presumably. Let me look at some of my notes. Hopefully here so not. I can find something. But um, something that I found when I was on Genius, um, yeah. somebody had commented. Truthfully, I think most, if not all, of Neutral Milk Hotel is enjoyed without lyrics or a read-along, but with just your ears and brain. Oh, I guess without a read-along. I see. They're saying don't read it at the same time as you're listening yeah, to it. Yeah, just experience it as it's happening. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, like I said at the beginning, this is, it's like weirdly entrancing. Yeah. It's just, and it's, it's, not, it's not incredibly obscure. It's just weirdly entrancing. Mm -hmm. for yeah, like, to the... To the naked ear? Mm -hmm. Question mark. It's just another hipster, folky right. alternative album, and then mm -hmm. you actually look into it or like listen and process the lyrics, and it's interesting and fun and cool yeah. and creepy fresh. Well, and like you said, this is you know I was like, oh, this is like an indie album, but this is like the indie album. Right. Yeah. It's definitely felt like it set the yeah the OG indie album. Uh, even though it wasn't released independently, um, yeah. which is funny, but uh, 
it did seem like it kind of set the bar, not the bar, but like... The tone. Yeah, of... Of where any music was going to go. Right. It, it, mm -hmm. was, it was one of the first albums, I think, that was so outwardly personal and intimate in terms of what he was saying that I think it opened up a lot of doors for people to start writing much more intimate and personal music, um, or at least intimate and personal lyrics. Um, and that's another thing that I really like about this is the album starts with just him playing guitar and singing, and it it feels like you're sitting in the room with him. It, mm -hmm. it, it feels like I just had this image of him sitting on a stool with one leg up, like um, that poster from Inside Lewin Davis, and he's like just playing the guitar and singing and just belting it out and like just dr the sweat's dripping and everything. And even though the album expands instrumentally pretty much the next song, like you start getting trumpets and you start getting drums and all that kind of stuff, it never loses that feeling. It feels like the room just gets bigger mm -hmm. and not more tightly packed. It feels like there's a curtain that just kind of opens and the other musicians start to come out and start playing along with him. And then they'll the curtain will recede in the middle of the album and come back out and all kinds of stuff. But yeah, it's... It's definitely um, an intense, I don't know what the, I had the word in my head earlier, but I can't remember what it is, but it's an in-your-headspace kind of thing of you're mm -hmm. hearing it and it's happening in front of you. It's not you're hearing it and it's going into my ears and it's being processed by my, by my brain. It feels like an active thing that's happening. Yeah. Yeah, you're not listening to the album, the album's happening to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> it's good. I like really it a lot. Good. Yeah. I do enjoy it. I will continue to listen. Indeed. Yeah, I have a copy of On Avery Island, which came, which was the only other full length they did. And I haven't listened to it because honestly, I'm just worried that I'm just going to compare it the whole time, mm -hmm. and I'm, it's not going to work as well for me. But we'll see. I, I bought it at a record store and I had it put it on the. Track I mean, you can, you can compare it and then be like, I don't like it so much, and just listen to it anymore. Yeah, yeah, but I don't want to. I want I right. want there to be that little want, thing that I'm like, there's always more that I can go and listen to. Yeah. But I never will. <coughs> or you could be like, somebody is surprised me. Don't pick the one right in the middle, and then they'll play the one in the middle, and then you'll like not know, but you'll know. Damn. 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 <laughs> That's deep. I think that I delusion. It really do be like that sometimes. It really, do, it really be delusional. Well, I mean, I probably smell bad. I know no. that I smell bad. I have. It's okay. We're all right there. I'm. I'm glad Chris had so many things. Yeah. Things to say because otherwise. You can literally always rely on me to talk too much. No, I don't talk too much. Oh yeah. Yeah. You want to talk anything? You want to talk anything more? <laughs> I mean, I have some notes here. Um, God, I'm a mess. Speak I say that every podcast. I'm a mess. I can't do anything. Neos, <laughs> <laughs> speak your notes. Speak your notes. Okay. Um, speak them out. We kind of talked a little bit about how there's some sex talk in this album. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that's really... Podcast. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Subscribe to Chris's new podcast, Sex Talk. It's just me I'm saying. Not, I'm not going to go on it. Ever. It's just going to be me saying, oh yeah, over and over and over again, but monotone. <laughs> Maybe not. Don't subscribe. We take I it apologize back. to all of. <laughs> never mind. No, I can't even say that. Um, so, some of the lyrics, I mean, the surrealism. He talks about sex in 
ways that aren't sexy. It's mm -hmm. like it's not fun, sexy time talk. It's like I think King of Carol Flowers Part One. He says um, to learn what each other's bodies are for. Yeah. And not like I want to lick you down or anything like that. It's not. It's like it's you know. It's not like the. It's not like. <laughs> Anyways, it's no, it's not fun. It's not, it's not like, wow, 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 right. wow. It's like not that way. What'd that do? There's this. <laughs> What'd that do? Well, there's the obvious <laughs> lyric that gets joked about all the time of um, standing on the seaweed water, semen stains the mountain tops, semen stains the mountain tops. And when I first heard that, I was like, he's whacking a whole bunch. And then I was, then I, I read a note somewhere about it and it really hit me of like how intense these lyrics are. It was saying, because it's, it's the communist daughter, you have Anne Frank, post-World War II, or like during World War II and post-World War II, communists really seemed like the good guys because they were the antithesis of fascism. So the communist daughter is kind of this way of saying, here's this figure that looks to be the greatest thing in the world right now um, even though most of the installations of communism, communism post-World War II were flawed um, there's this weird like I know I'm doing the Fushigi <laughs> thing right now trying to describe this there's a weird like feminist eco ecological mind about this specific lyric of like the mountain represents the un, un, unassaulted world and men can come in and destroy it and their semen stains the mountaintops. And you could even like correlate it directly to fracking or things of that nature of like greedy men, capitalist men, um, borderline fascist men come in and can destroy this beautiful female nurtured world, which is still a, a sort of a form of sexism because that's kind of implying that women can't be, like, be the destroyers as well. And then like, I'm not saying they are and I'm not an equal opportunity, you know what I mean? I, you're I'm an equal opportunity destroyer. I'm an, yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's our new that's the feminist podcast, yeah. equal opportunity destroyers. Oh, that's really good actually. That actually is I like good. that. Um, and then there's also the lyrics that are like kind of surreal of Oh, comely, all of your friends are all letting you blow, bristling and ugly, bursting with fruits falling out from the holes of some pretty, bright, and bubbly friend you could need to say comforting things in your ear. Um, I'm pretty sure bristling and ugly, bursting with fruits falling out from the holes is about a dick. I'm pretty sure that's what that is. Bristling and ugly. I mean, dicks are pretty ugly. Um... I don't want to talk about this anymore. That's Question that's mark, enough. So. <laughs> um, Hi, mom. Any, any, anyways, and then like, yeah, I already talked about that. But there's if you listen to it, you you will hear the things like the word ovaries is used at one point, and and it's there's there's graphic and detailed and non-sexualized descriptions of sex that really make you think more about the act of sex and then talking about licking you down and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I mean, like, and it, it sounds weird to just, like, talk about 
in a casual right. setting Hi. that we were filming on a camera and my you know but like when you listen to the album it makes sense mm. and it works and you're like yeah okay because like when i listen to the album and it says semen stands a mountaintop i'm not like what i'm like okay sure yeah whatever like it just it just happens and it's like fine um, it is weird to talk about, but it's not. It's not. You know, it's, it's just not. Fun story. Carter, I was in a band with Carter, who showed me this album, like I said earlier. And he said, we're going to do something. We, we, this was, I was in two bands with Carter. Um, one of them was like this weird thrash punk style thing. Some ska as well. It was going to say ska. Yeah, it was bizarre. It was a lot of fun, though. Um, and we had this song that I think was called Jesus Chick. And he hadn't written the bridge of the song yet. And so he said, no, what we're going to do is we're just going to go to the bridge. He hadn't written the lyrics for the bridge. He said, we're just going to stop and we're going to start playing. And I'm just going to sing something. And he knew what he was going to sing, but he didn't tell us what he was going to sing. So we're, sh we're playing a show. We are playing a show in front of people. And we get to the bridge, and I just start playing. And he just starts going, Communist, the communist daughter standing on the seaweed water, seeing stains the mountaintops, <laughs> seeing stains the mountaintops, and I'm just like, hell yeah, this is that shit, dude. I love this. <laughs> it was so good. It was like I'm just sitting there, like cracking up, laughing behind the drums, and oh man, everyone. Good job, the, Carter. There were like five people in the crowd that were like, <laughs> and everybody else was just like, huh? <laughs> And yeah, yeah, and, and like Carter's playing the whole show with his shirt off, like he always does. Um, it was wild. It was a it was a real good time. That sounds like a good time. You guys' band name should be Full Opportunity. It should. That would that would have been pretty it good. Should. We were Insufficient Memory, which I think was also pretty good. Mm -hmm. But yeah. we had a song called Smooth Mahogany because I my drums at the time were made or they still have them were made out of mahogany, and I was taking the head off and cleaning them, and I. <laughs> Smelled him and went, mahogany. And then he somehow made a Of course you did. <laughs> he then made a song about dildos. Dear God, what did you guys do? We were bored, man. We were really bored. It was a good time. Okay. Right. I could send you all our live recording and you could do an episode on that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll do it just on Instagram. Dear God, yeah. do not. <laughs> It should not be allowed. It's just me sitting listening to it, just like... Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Alright, so are those your thoughts on... That's all, I can't say anymore. Hotel? I'm, I'm all... We didn't, we didn't talk about who we're doing next week. I'm all milked out. I know who we're doing. Oh, oh good, because I don't... Well, Miss Ariana Grande oh, drops shit. an album yeah, that's tomorrow. Right. Well, not tomorrow. We're going to go straight from this to Ariana Tuesday, Grande. but tomorrow, Friday, which is current tomorrow, not when you're seeing this. Today's Thursday. They're not saying this tomorrow. No, that's what I just said. Oh, 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 oh. Just take the microphone in my hole. I am not here. <laughs> anyway, she's dropping it Friday the 17th. Uh, and so next week. Yeah. Yep, you're right. Next week we're doing sweetener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to put it on Chris's face. There it is. Now he's everywhere. Upside down. Put Chris upside down. Yeah? Yeah. My mom liked. She told me she goes that picture of Chris. He pointed in that walk through the episode. That was so funny. God, that 
is me normally. I just like beer he, foam in my mustache. He literally just took a drink and just looked at me. And I said, stay there. You look like a tribe. And he goes, hurry, it's <laughs> dripping. Hurry, I'm leaking. <laughs> but yeah. So, things we gotta mention. Bees. Gotta mention. Twitter. Instagram. Facebook. YouTube. SoundCloud. Anchor. Etc. Friday Faves. Music Monday cast. Also going on Chris's face. Because you're, you're in the spot. But that's okay. But yeah. We're glad we had a guest. Yeah. It was really great. Thank you so um, much. It was, it was interesting to like... <laughs> Actually, because I mean, we we talk about stuff, but you like really talked about it. You so like actually did the research instead of just putting in your favorites and just like the night before. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, also the benefit of this album is that it's over twenty years, like twenty years old. Right. So you've had a lot of time. To right. You all, I've been doing more recent it. stuff, so it's not like yeah. you don't have time to yeah, sit and think about one album. Keep up with the kids. With the kids. Man, do I have to pee? Murder all children. Okay. <laughs> well. That's my political platform. <laughs> okay. So, come back next week for Miranda Grande. Miranda Grande? Ariana? Yeah. Miranda Cosgrove. Did I say Miranda? What the hell? God. <laughs> so, we'll see you next week. Thanks, Chris. Bring back Steve Jobs. We'll see you later. <laughs> Bye.